I appreciate Gail's kind words about my memory, but I t I'll be honest with you, one of the things that I wrestle with, and I hate it, is people's names. I, I wish we could all wear name tags in life, because it is so humbling to know a person, and to, to even be concerned about the person, and you're like, oh, what is his name? Oh, that's my son, Rhett. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, um, I've had, I've, I forget family members' names. And, but give me five minutes, and I got it. But I, it's, the Lord's just kind of provided humility, because it's like five minutes later, I'm like, too late now. <laughs> but I'm glad to be here. Um, Gail alluded to uh, just opportunities in ministry that we, we had here in Bozeman a number of years ago. And then we returned back east, and then the Lord allowed us to come back here again. And, uh, you know, people, people will say, like, what's your favorite passage? And I have a hard time, like, nailing down a, a favorite passage. It seems as though the Lord brings portions of Scripture to mind uh, according to the season of life I'm in. And uh, the, this, the past year and a half, two passages have really blessed me. And I mean, I, I will think, especially about one of them, almost daily. And uh, I'd like to share those with you. And uh, my goal is for you to be encouraged by the word, to set your mind on Christ, and uh, to um, prepare yourselves for when trials come, because they will. Christ said, you will have trials. And I know right now you're, you're thinking, you hear it, oh, but when you feel it, but when you're in that trial. And so um, I'd like to kind of walk you through some passages that encouraged my, my, uh, myself and my family and, um, and share a little bit of uh, my testimony and what the Lord has done. Let's go to, first we'll go to Jeremiah. You could also put a bookmark in Philippians. We'll be there too. Let's start in Jeremiah 1. And I'd like to like to begin, you know, just considering the prophet Jeremiah. Do you remember a nickname for the prophet Jeremiah? What was it? Do you remember? The weeping prophet? And I can relate to that, yeah. Before he was the weeping prophet, who was he? He was the reluctant prophet. The Lord humbles proud men. And uh, like to proud, fearful men, he humbles their hearts. Let's start in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, and here's what God said to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. What words of encouragement that God speaks forth towards Jeremiah. And Jeremiah says, Ah, Lord God, I can't speak for I'm a youth. I can't do that. I'm young. He, he doubts God. 
He, God calls, Jeremiah is going to call God into question two times that we're going to recognize. And this is the first one. He says, I'm too young. Where is Jeremiah's eyes focused? On his own inadequacies. Rather than on what God just said to him, you are my prophet and I'm going to use you. Jeremiah says, I'm too young. I've done that. I have done that. I wrestle with, rather than focusing on the good things of the Lord, my eyes turn to my own inadequacies, and I doubt him. And that's what Jeremiah does. And so God speaks back words of encouragement to him, and verse 7 says, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their, fa their faces. You know whose faces he's going to be afraid of? The people from his own hometown. He's from the, the town of uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 1, says that he is from Anathoth. That's his hometown. Later on, the men of Anathoth want to kill him. And God says, don't you be afraid of them. You will go where I send you. Then the Lord put forth his hand. And he touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. In verse 1, verse 7, this is what God says to Jeremiah. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you. He says, Jeremiah, I'm with you. Second, his words of encouragement, verse 9, I have put my words in your mouth, Jeremiah. You don't have to be afraid of your inadequacies. You need to focus on what I'm about to tell you. I'm with you, and my words are with you. And Jer Jeremiah goes and he speaks to the, to the, to his, to the people. And um, with God's message, Jeremiah goes to the Israelite nation. He calls them to return to God. But the people do not return. They have forgotten God. They have forsaken God. They have made for themselves idols. And because of God's rebellion, because of Israel's rebellion, God says to Jeremiah in 5.14, I will make my mouths... I will make my words in your mouth like fire, and this people would, and it, shall and it shall devour them. What a word picture. Jeremiah, I'm going to take my words, put them in your mouth. The people will be like wood, and the fire will devour them. Now go. Go to Jeremiah chapter 12, and this is where, this is the second time that Jeremiah is going to call God into question. You see, war is coming. Captivity is coming to judge Israel. And it's going to come from another nation. And right before chapter 12, the men of Anathoth, they say to Jeremiah, if you prophesy against us, if you speak against us, we're going to kill you. And so Jeremiah is kind of taken back. And in verse 1, he says, Righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you. 
yet let me talk with you about your judgments. God, you're righteous. I know. I know that you are righteous. But I got a question for you. I want to talk to you about something. Why do the way of the wicked prosper? Why are they so happy who deal so treacherously? You have planted them, yes. They have taken root. They grow, yes. They bear fruit. You are near in their mouth, but far from their mind. But you, O Lord, you know me. You have seen me. You have tested my heart toward you. Put them out like sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. How long will the land mourn and the herbs of your field wither? The beasts and the birds are the beasts and birds are consumed for the wickedness of those who dwell there, because they said, He will not see our final end. Do you see what Jeremiah is doing? He recognizes who God is, but he says, I just got a question about your timing. I'm not happy. And I don't understand why the wicked are prospering and why it's so rough for this prophet. Have you ever questioned God? God, I know your word says this. I got a question for you, though. We went back east, and one of our kind of a life goal as a married couple was to build a home, um, I don't know, 20 years ago. My dad and I bought a farm together, and um, there was places on the farm where we wanted to build a house. And uh, so we went back east, and that was one of several uh, goals that we had. And um, we tried and tried and tried to build a house for our family on the farm. We tried in one spot, and it was too rocky up on the hill where you could see the sun set and rise. Too rocky, wouldn't perk, which means that you cannot get rid of water. You want a house, you have to first prove that you can get rid of water. Secondly, you've got to prove that you can get water. You can't do those two things, no house. So we moved to the, another location, and uh, we, we did a perk test at least three times, three different times, and you dig a 17-foot hole, and you dump water in, and you measure it, and you time it. And then if that passes, you dig a nine-foot hole, you dump water in, you measure it. If that passes, you dig a third hole that's seven feet, you dump water in, you, you measure it, you time it. And if all three of those work, you have one completed perk test. You need three, okay? We could get two, but not this one. And then this one, but not these two. And we dumped thousands into this project, digging holes. One day I was doing hay with my dad, and the neighbor came over who was a crazy school teacher. He, his name is Bob. We called him Crazy Bob. And um, he's like, hey, he's like a, kind of a hippie guy. And he's like, how's it going? I was like, good. I was just in Montana. I did a wedding. He's like, wow, I just did a wedding too. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, I married two lesbians. Isn't that cool? And I was like, it's just kind of taken back, and I was like, I didn't do that. <laughs> but I knew that Bob was building a house. Well, he was trying to build a house across the street, across the street from where we lived. And I said, how's the house coming? Great, man. We just passed the perk test. It's just flying. And I was like, 
huh, isn't that interesting? Like when I say across the street, I mean like from here to the dorms, same dirt, same hill. And our neighbor who is not a believer, openly rebellious against God, it's just going fine for him. And I said, you know, God, you're righteous. But I got a question about your justice here. Why are the wicked so happy? Do you, have you ever done that? That's what Jeremiah is doing here. He said, I know you're good, God. And I got a question for you. And here is what God says back to Jeremiah. Go down to, we left off at verse 5. He says, um, God answers Jeremiah, Jeremiah, if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? And Jeremiah, if in the land of peace in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do when the, when the, in the floodplains of the Jordan? So a couple of you have heard me give this lesson before, and it's because it's deeply impacted me. This is one of them. And pretty much what God is saying to Jeremiah is, Jeremiah, in life there are horsemen. When you go to war against the horsemen, I mean, I'm sorry, let me back up. There are foot soldiers. What are foot soldiers? They're problems. Jeremiah, if you have problems at this level of life, when the foot soldiers are coming with their bows and arrows, what are you going to do when the heavy horsemen come? If these men have wearied you, what are you going to do? How will you contend with the heavy horses when the big artillery comes out? Big problems, Jeremiah. You can't trust me here. How are you going to trust me here? And Jeremiah, in life, there's also the floodplains of the Jordan. What's that? I think it was once a year that the floodplains of the Jordan, they would rise and they would go over the banks. And they would change. If you built your house near the floodplains and the waters rose, it was a life-changing thing. It'd wash your house away. This is, a, I'm going to call it life-changing circumstances. Life-changing, yeah, right, circumstances. <laughs> I almost did an S. <laughs> Jeremiah, you have to trust me here. Because if you can't trust me here, how will you trust me here? And Jeremiah, if you can't trust me with the heavy horsemen and in the land of peace, how are you going to trust me when there are life-changing circumstances. A um, couple years ago, no, not that long ago, we got a new car. And uh, it's not new, it's a 2000. <laughs> but it's new to us. And it's fun having something new to drive. And we pulled into the church. And um, we're, at, we're coming to a wedding. I pulled in, I turned it off, and all of a sudden the car went, <laughs> Someone just hit us. And uh, they had pulled in, and you, 
You know those immediate emotions that can come out of your heart? Praise the Lord, they weren't there. <laughs> and uh, I got out, and there was a lady, and she goes, I am so sorry. This is the second time this has happened this week. <laughs> and, I, and I was, and I, I thank the Lord that I recognize this is, it's just a foot soldier. It's just a car. It's not that big a deal. I'm not going to blow my top and over something small. And I, I thank the Lord that I was like, you know what? It's no big deal. It's just a car. We'll talk about it. And actually, we just, we just kind of let it go. It's just a little scratch in the car. But if in life, when there's little, like the test comes, or the, your homework doesn't get completed, or something small happens, and you, you get blown over by this, guys, what's going to happen a couple years later in marriage? when your children are, are wrestling with a disease, when somebody wants to walk out of the family, or people are saying, uh, spiritually, I'm going to walk away from the faith. Well, if, if you can't walk with the Lord through your, the foot soldiers, that's going to blow you away. Um, when we went back to Maryland, uh, one of the, th I'll, I'll give a, a horseman Demonstra uh, illustration, and I didn't do too good. Um, came back to Maryland, and we, Jen was pregnant, and we had our first, our fourth child, first girl. We brought the baby home. Everything's good. A week later, Jen was having some bleeding, which is. She was going up and down a lot of steps. She figured that's what it was. On Saturday, it got terrible. It's a week later. Like, everything should be fine by then. And I had to take my wife to the hospital. And she started fading in and out of consciousness. She turned gray. And um, uh, we, our three boys, they went with family. We took our little girl, and we just were, had to go to Baltimore City, hour away. And uh, we get in, and Jen's out. She fainted. She is losing tremendous amount of blood. And we, we take her into the ER, and um, they said, we need to do an emergency surgery on her immediately, or she will. This is what kills women, and she, uh, is dying of uh, bleeding. So they, they put her, they like just like whew, took her away. They gave me Josie, our little girl. And I'm standing there holding a five day old baby. We had just moved to, um, to Maryland. We're wrestling with housing issues that won't work. And um, my wife is like seriously ill. And if she is not operated pronto, she's going to bleed to death. And I remember sitting in that room all by myself and being like, Lord, what? What in the world is going on? And I started wrestling with anxiety. I started wrestling with discouragement. Where do you think my eyes were? Righteous are you, O Lord. I know you're good, but what am I going to do if my wife dies? I got four kids, no place. I mean, 
I wrestled and I started to develop habits of anxiety in my heart. Jen got the surgery. Like they, um, praise the Lord, she was okay. It took her months to recover because you have to replenish all that lost blood. So she was bedridden. Meanwhile, I'm working on the house. And um, the third or fourth failed attempt, I remember saying, I am not, the Lord is revealing something here. and I'm going to quit pushing. There's gonna, if it fails today, I'm done. I got up that morning, and I was training horses at the time. The horse that I was training died because of some sort of, uh, it, it had a, an infection that went septic, was not my horse, died. Um, and I'm driving a D15 tractor full of water for the perk test to another failed attempt. And I remember I was driving across the pasture, and I go like this, and I said, and I was praying, I was like, Lord, I must praise you right now. You are good, and I'm going to trust you. I'm done. I'm done just pushing this thing uphill. And that was a life-changing circumstance. We, at that point, you just open your hands up to things that you do this, and you say, Lord, it's yours. You are sovereign. You made dirt. You made water. You're not making them work. <laughs> And so I'm going to just trust that you are sovereign. We're going we're gonna to move on. And we let that go. Kind of. In my heart, I was wrestling. Big time. Just discouragement. Just dark. Like anxiety. What does the scriptures say about anxiety? What, what do they say? And what does it say? That's like a slap in the face. When someone says, well, when you're wrestling with anxiety and someone says, you know, God says, don't be anxious. That's, yeah, I know. Let's turn there. Go to Philippians 4. This is the second passage that I'd like to weave into Jeremiah that has brought a tremendous amount of comfort and has taught me so much. Yes, be anxious for nothing. But the verses before that, I'd like you to, to look at those too. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. You think he's making a point here? He says something twice, to rejoice, to actively call something to mind. Not just to heart emotion, but to say this is truth. Rejoice in who the Lord is. Always, again, I will say rejoice. This is true. The second thing he says is let your gentleness be known to all the Lord is at hand. Does that sound familiar at all? Remember what God told Jeremiah? I'm with you, Jeremiah. Don't say I am but a youth, for I am with you wherever you go. And my words are in your mouth. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus. The next thing that Paul tells, tells the believers here after the anxious part is um, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made. Um, this is something that I had to learn to do, to force my heart to be thankful even when I didn't feel thankful, to remember who God is, and then everything that I saw that was good, I would give God credit for. And remember, people would give us free meat. And I'd be like, Lord, thank you for providing. I will be thankful for that. Um, another thing that happened is uh, I was shoeing horses one day. And uh, this is what I do for a living, is I work with horses. And uh, I, I put a, the last nail of the last foot of the last horse after 22 horses, okay? We're finishing the day up. I drive the nail through, and the, horse, and the nail sticks out that far out of the, the top of his hoof. He kicks me. He jerks the hand, his foot away. They don't have hands. They have feet, hoofs. <laughs> he, he takes his hoof. He jerks it away, and he sticks the nail through my hand. And then the nail's in my hand, so he shakes it and rips it down. And I'm looking at my hand, and I'm like, white things. <laughs> and I thought it was horse hair. And I grabbed at it, and it was not. It was me. And the guy who was holding the horse was like, he goes, that's not good. <laughs> what do you think's going on in my heart right now? Man, anxiety. I need this hand, God. I gotta, if I don't have this hand to work, I'm in trouble. And I've been reading Philippians 4 about don't be anxious about anything, but, but give thanks. And so I was like, I'm going to pray. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be thankful. And the guy who was holding the horse is not a believer. And I said, man, I'm really wrestling with anxiety right now. I'm just going to be thankful. And I said, I'm so thankful you're here. And he's like, and I said, I am so thankful that it's not my right hand. And I'm so thankful that it, it, it's not worse than it is. And I'm so thankful that we're close to the hospital. <laughs> and, he, and I remember just like forcing, I'm going to be thankful for who God is. And I'm going to remember him now. And he looks at me and he goes, do you want me to wrap that up for you? <laughs> and so we wrapped it up. We finished the horse. And I went to the hospital with my hand all wrapped up. And I, after I was done, had a, stitches across my palm, and I was looking at my, my, my hand, and I was just praising the Lord. And I remember driving down off the highway and looking at my hand, and you know, I was thinking, I'm going to let this be a, a reminder of me, for, to me, what Christ has done on my behalf. The nails in his hand, the scars that he bore, I'm going to remember that they have, he has bought me, and I am his, and I am redeemed. And I just started forcing myself to remember who God is, to be thankful. And oh yeah, the Bible says don't be anxious. But I had kind of forgotten about that. And, I, and I, what I want to encourage you with is we look at this passage is um, I have two questions for you. First, 
Are you rejoicing in the Lord? Not just when you feel like it, but when Paul says rejoice in the Lord always, it's an active, actively call this to mind. And are you doing it here when your car gets hit, when you don't get the grade you want, when your little schedule things don't work out, when eh, the... Are you actively remembering and delighting and thanksgiving here? Um, the second thing is what well, I want you to remember too is that God has given you a powerful tool, and that is, is, is it's your memory. Um, to remember who you are apart from grace. Like, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice is that if, when we put our faith in Christ, is that he would just erase all the memories of those sins, but he doesn't. And I find that as I remember who I am apart from Christ, it drives me to rejoice and delight in who he is. Your memory is so powerful. Redeem your memory by, Christ said, um, to him who has been forgiven much, loves much. When you remember who you are apart from Christ, you will remember how far down Christ reached to deliver you out of that. If you only think you've been redeemed from this much, you won't, you'll find that it's not that great of a savior. But when you remember that you have been delivered and bought from this much, where sin abounds, Grace abounds. Reuse your memory. The second thing I'd like to challenge you with is, are your conversations before God and men, are they characterized by thanksgiving? Or are they characterized by complaining? Where are your eyes focused? My wife is so gracious. And I remember during these times, I'd be like, oh, Jen, I am I'm so discouraged. And she, she would say, word for word, where are you looking? I was totally looking at my circumstances. And then we would talk together about who God is and what he is doing and how he has provided for us. Um, I'd like, you know, we are called to praise God with thanksgiving, especially in the trials. I'd like you to, to remember Job. He said, though he may slay me, still I would trust him. I'd like you to remember David who said, your loving kindness is better than life. I'd like you to remember Paul who said, for me to live is Christ, and if God takes my life, gain. Because my Savior is that good. That's the alien testimony of a believer. It's so upside down from the world. When you see the goodness and you delight in Christ, you can, these things will happen to you in life. They're, go, they're coming. Just give it some time. But the Lord is so good. He is so good through all of it. Um, I'm going to close with this. These are the, the practices by grace that you must start with the foot soldiers in life. So that when the horsemen come, we are not beat down. And when the plains of the Jordan are flooded, we are not swept away with them. Philippians 7, 
4.7 ends with this, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. This peace that you can have in these times, they pass all understanding. Now the peace of God, I lost my place. will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And then it goes on in verse 8 to, to tell you things to think on. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. I think our time is, is drawn to a close. Um, I'd like to close with a word of prayer for you and that God's word would take root in you for today and five years from now. That You will look back on God's word and you will draw encouragement from it. Lord, Help us to remember. Lock into our memories, Lord. Put before our eyes your goodness. Lord, turn our chin up towards heaven. Lord, forgive us, as, as another brother prayed this morning, when we set our eyes on things that pass so quickly. We, we, we need you so much. Apart from you, we die. Apart from you, we, are, we have no hope. Lord, thank you for your words. Thank you that you are with us. We are not alone. Thank you for the testimonies, Lord, of your prophets and how you encouraged them. And Lord, I praise you that you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And you say, you say very similar encouragements to us today. And I pray, Lord, that um, as we go out this morning, we would meditate on your word and that we would be changed. Help it not just to be chapel where we jump through a hoop, but Lord, this is your word. It's living and active. I pray that, it would, that we would be changed continually by it. We ask this in your name. Amen.